Hello ladies, today we are having a gift of a conversation with Sandra Hinojosa Ludwig, who is also known as the Manifesting Chica, and what really lights her up is helping Latinas to intentionally manifest a life that loves them back. She was born and raised in Mexico, and Sandra has poured herself into a successful 20-plus year corporate career where she has worked with some of the most iconic food brands in the world. Tired of trying to unsuccessfully chase happiness, she turned to therapy and spirituality for help, eventually becoming a certified coach, a somatic experience practitioner, a Reiki practitioner, and a certified angel card reader. Sandra is also the award-winning author of the best-selling book, Chica, Why Not?, published by Hay House in 2021. Through her social media, her writing, her coaching, and her speaking, Sandra has connected with English and Spanish-speaking women from all over the world. But before we jump right in, please make sure to rate and leave a review on Apple Podcast. This is a really great way to show some love and support if you have been enjoying the show. It's always such a sweet surprise whenever I see a new review on the podcast. So thank you guys so much for all of the love and support that you have been showing to this new podcast. It just means everything to me. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome to the Spiritually Me podcast that helps you connect with that beautiful and eternal being within you. Whether you're new to spirituality or a seasoned practitioner, this is the show for you. As someone who has struggled with my inner voice and felt unsure of how to live a life that aligns with my soul, I know how confusing it can be. That's why I created this podcast, to help others find the clarity, peace, and purpose that I have found in my own journey. So if you're craving guidance, support on your journey towards spiritual awakening and divine connection, tune into this podcast for your weekly dose of inspiration. I'm Dulce Candy, your Latina sister, and this is Spiritually Me. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am really excited to talk to you. I've been reading your book like crazy. It's such a beautiful book too, by the way, just visually. I'm a really huge fan. So this is an honor that you are my first guest. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you. I got to tell you a quick story of how this is like full circle. When I wrote the proposal for my book, they asked you to um, review two other books that were recently launched and that were kind of like in the same area. So at the time, the book of um, Girl, Wash Your Face was very hot. So I reviewed that one. And I really wanted to review a book by a Latina that was inspiring other Latinas. And your book was the one I reviewed. No way. Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. So I read <laughs> your book and that was the one that I included in my proposal. And that's when I realized too that there weren't that many Latinas. You were the only one at the time talking about your story and inspiring others. It was it was just you. So this is such a full circle for me. So thank you. Well, one of my first questions that I wanted to ask you was why is this so important for you to target Latinas with this work of transformation, you know, the law of attraction, manifesting, because there is so much trauma that we carry where sometimes we feel like wealth and abundance and prosperity and all of the amazing things are not available for us. Like we don't really believe it. 
I knew my book had to be about manifesting. I knew that for sure. Years ago, I saw Oprah in Super Soul. She named the next generation thought leaders. And it was Gabrielle Bernstein, Marie Forleo, and then Mastin Kip. And I I was familiar with um, Forleo and Gabrielle Bernstein, but I wasn't familiar with Mastin Kip. But I remember thinking at the time, they couldn't get more diversity in this panel, right? And I remember yeah, thinking yeah. that at the time and, and me trying to find, like I said, people that inspire me that were people of color, that were Latinas, and there wasn't that many out there. Now, gratefully, there are many more. There is, you know, Pesca Dorcas and, and uh, Christine Gutierrez, but back then there weren't that many. So when I thought about writing the book, I'm like, I think I want to write it for Latinas, not because manifesting is different from us, but our lifting experiences are so different. And even within Latina, there's so much diversity. But I think creating safe spaces where we can, for the first time, speak out loud our dreams, or where we can say, I just don't know if this can happen, right? And come as community together. You know, now that I've been doing this now for going on five years, I can say one of the main issues in manifesting for Latinas is that what you said, we are not at a place where we can so easily receive because thinking that a dream is possible, I mean, no way. We're going we're gonna to bring it down as much as we can. And I, I'm a huge believer in don't negotiate your dreams down, right? So I'm not going to dream the big dream because that's not possible for me or I'm not going to believe I'm capable or I have the power to to do this. And I would say most of the work I do now is is creating those safe spaces where we can start flexing the muscles and reconnecting with who we really are. I love the way that you tell stories because all of your stories also have a purpose and a meaning and a lesson. Share your story, how you got to this place because you've had success in many other areas. And yes, please share. Yeah, you know, I think my story, I grew up in a Mexican family. I grew up in Mexico, in Monterey, Mexico. Um, My dad was a doctor. My mom was a home, you know, a stay-at-home mom. And I grew up in middle class. So I had a lot of privilege from a a lot of points of view. You know, I always had access to education. never had to worry about a roof over my head. But at the same time, I grew up in this culture of misogyny. And, you know, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I grew up, in a very violent household, physically and emotionally violent. And I knew, I remember from when I was little, that as soon as I had a chance, I would get out. I knew I would get out and try to make it out. Um, And it it worked out. I finished my my university. I went to Germany, came back to Mexico, got a job in Querétaro, which is like 12 hours from Monterey. But then I saw myself repeating the same patterns that I was trying to run away from. I was in a violent yeah. relationship with a boyfriend. I was constantly living in this anxiety that I was going to let go from work, that I wasn't doing a good job, even though I was working, I mean, 60, 80 hours a week. Like, I remember one time my director at the time, also Mexico expectations for work are very high, that you leave for work. I remember my director called me on Saturday and he's like, I can't find this paper. And I'm like, it's Saturday. He's like, no, you better come in. And of course, I have this crippling anxiety about losing my job because who am I if I don't have a job, right? So I went there. 
Anyway, I had to live with so many expectations of, you know, what success was like while dealing with my own trauma of growing up in a house with a lot of violence. Until finally, I remember I, that was the moment where I knew something had to change. And it took years for me to know how to even change it. But it was this boyfriend that pushed me against the wall. And basically, I really thought he was going to hit me. And that was a moment that I was like, how did I get here? This is everything I was trying to get away from. And I can't get away from. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, because I kept thinking, if I keep changing cities, jobs, relationships, one day I'm going to have the perfect combination and then I'm going to be happy. And I was working from home and then um, I listened to Oprah. She was interviewing the people from The Secret. Like you can mm-hmm. actually create a life that you want. I remember immediately after work was over, I went and looked up The Secret, found the movie. It was the first version. I listened to it and they have many teachers. I remember Abraham Hicks was the one that resonated the most with me. And I went and looked them up. And what do you know? It, I loved how the universe works. The moment you're ready, the universe was nothing more than to meet you and lift you and envelop you with so much love and care. It's, it's just amazing. So I remember um, going to the website. They were going to be in Toronto like a couple of weeks from then. And it was like a whole weekend workshop. I arrived so early, sat at the front, and I wrote nonstop for two days everything they say and I got home and I type everything into the computer and send it to everyone I knew I would say so that was 2006 by 2010 2011 beginning of 2011 I was married with my husband that I'm still married to I had bought a house I had been promoted some uh, you know at work to the role that I wanted and even got an international assignment and then little things like I want a raffle to carry the Olympic torch. I want a $1,000 gift certificate at the Christmas party at work, like anything. I remember at that time, my director said, um, Sandra, you really should buy a lottery ticket because anything like you get so much stuff lately. And I think it's because I finally got to that point where I like, OK, I know what to do now. I know I was yeah. finally in the driver's seat that life is almost like a buffet. And mind you, it's a very simplified view, and we will talk a little bit about it eventually, I think. Um, It's a very simplified view because also there are a lot of external circumstances like oppression and war and corruption and other Mm -hmm. things. But, you know, even within this environment, life is a buffet where you say, I want more of this, I want less of this. And it can be Mm -hmm. like, I don't want this kind of relationship, so I'm going to let go of the ones I don't want. I don't want this kind of feeling all day of I'm not happy. So I'm going to look for things that make me happy. You know, it's it's almost like a buffet where you're like, I want more of this, less of this. And you mentioned something so important, which is you taking accountability over yourself. You know, you were like, I used to complain a lot. Maybe it's me because oftentimes you're pointing fingers and blaming circumstances or people but I think the moment that you take ownership over every single thing, you know, and in your book last night, I was actually just reading about um, a story on curiosity and uh, going deeper into questioning your triggers. You know, you shared a story about how you were waiting outside of the porch for, you know, you felt like nobody wanted to let you in, your boyfriend and and all of that. And 
it changed the way that you started to approach situations. You know, and for me, it inspired me because I used to project a lot also into my family and always felt like the victim. And then I started approaching my family and my friends from, I just love you. Like, you know, like, I just love you. I, I don't think you think any of anything of me. You're not out to hurt me. Yeah. Um, and it changes the way that you show up and it just changes everything. You know, it really does. You know, I really do believe we set the pace of the relationship. It also makes it, I think curiosity, it also makes you very aware of the re- decisions you're mm-hmm. making, the ways you're contributing to the situation, but also the ways that you can change it at any time. Like, mm-hmm. I always tell people, you know, I speak a lot of Spanish and I always, I always say, los puedes querer de lejitos, you can love them from afar. Just because someone is, is in your family, for example, that's a big question in the Latino community, right? Just because someone is in Mm -hmm. your family, if they are toxic, it doesn't mean you have to keep them around. You can still love them from afar and you can wish them well, and but you can create a space for you that feels safe. No one else is going to advocate for us. And also being aware that as you change, and I tell this to people, as you change your vibration, some relationships will fall away because they are no longer a match to you. And that's okay too. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's, it's true. And I feel like you really don't even have to put any effort for that to take place. I think just naturally, as you raise your own vibration and frequency, and you see the world in a different way, things just the things that are not meant for you are no longer a match, right? Yeah, absolutely. But you only see the things that are a match to your vibration. So mm, ooh, it's, yeah, isn't that, it weird? Like, I was saying yesterday, I, I wrote this little thing I, I'm doing right now, my Manifest Everything Masterclass, and I sent this little message to everybody. I went for a walk yesterday with my family, and then um, I was standing in this corner waiting for the traffic light to change, and I kept hearing birds, and I couldn't see the birds. And I'm looking at the, at the, at the roof, and I'm looking at everywhere. I couldn't see them. And there was a tree right next to me, and there were like 10 birds in it. It took me a while to see it. And it's not different from that. You know, you can have the best guy in front of you and you won't be able to see them if you're not ready to receive a great relationship. If you're not ready to let go of what you think a great relationship could look like. And instead you, you just focus on how you want to feel in a great relationship. And it's no different as well from the other way. Things can be happening around you that are not optimal or as great, but because your vibration is so high, they don't affect you at all. Oh my God, that is so true. That is so true. Like it doesn't affect you. You're so right. I had this instance with uh, certain people when I would go to social events and I always felt extremely uncomfortable extremely uncomfortable and I always picked up on oh you know they're ignoring me because they don't like me or like I just feel like they're rolling their eyes at me and I saw them recently but I came from a different level of vibration from the level of I don't have time to care if they like me or not like that's that's not going to change how I show up and I I received a different vibe even from them you know I didn't even pick up on what I thought I was picking up on and that's because of my own perception and the way that I was vibing and I was focusing on, you know, they're rolling their eyes or they don't like me, you know? I also think, yeah. you know, it's funny because I've, as I've been doing the, doing the law of attraction is different from teaching the law of attraction um, because you have okay. to teach it in a way that people can understand it 
further on life. And one way that I've really been landing on after this year is that alignment is authenticity. It's the biggest, truest version of yourself. What I mean by authenticity, the person that you truly, truly are, your higher self is, the person the universe is calling you to be. And that person knows that it's deserving. That person knows that you are powerful. That capable. That person knows that you are capable. And when you show up from that point of view, you know that you are this light in the world. And the people that will love you is because they are in the same vibration as you. They they can see the true self because they are comfortable with their own self. So it's mm-hmm. almost like you come together with a group of people. Um, so I always ask, ask people, like, when do you feel the most authentic? Because usually, incidentally, that is when you're at your highest vibration. And mm. so I wonder, you know, in those places where I feel very uncomfortable and very awkward, is usually because I am not connected with the person that I truly am, which is this powerful, deserving, you know, capable person i am doubting something in me that is not in alignment with the person that i truly am so the question in those cases is like what's going on sandra what are you feeling right now it's usually to be honest it's usually along the lines of like oh my god i'm a i'm a fake and they're gonna know i'm fake or i'm not as good as they are or i'm it's usually one of those how do you even, how do you tap in to your highest self so you can show up every day like that and as often as you can? How can people get to that place? It's a place of awareness and being present. I think being present is so, it's the last step in the book, it's continuity. But even since then, I've evolved so much since I wrote the book. Um, yeah. I think it's about present, it's, it's living the day in the now because. And it's being aware of what are the sensations that you're feeling? What are the feelings that you're going through, the emotions? Because many times we don't live in the present. We're either living in the future, which brings you so much anxiety because uncertainty makes you feel like, oh, my God, things are going to go wrong. Or we're living in the past, repeating the same patterns of the past. But when you live in the present, in the now, Usually you are okay in the now. And then you can see from this point of view, okay, am I making a story or is my body telling me a story? I'm learning so much about the body lately. It's my body telling me a story that is not really what's happening here, but it's making me react in a way that feels different. And I got to say, I'm not 100% the highest version of myself. (laughs) I wish I was, but I'm not. And I think that's so normal because I think maybe sometimes we have high expectations of like, I just want to be my highest self at all times, but we're human. And we also have to decondition so much of habitual thought patterns. And and like you said, the body, you know, the body's living in the past. So sometimes we let the body take control of our environment because the body feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And and that's what I mean when I say that I've been saying that lately a lot, which is for some people manifesting doesn't start on what is it that I want or what is how can I feel better now to raise my vibration? For some people, manifesting literally starts on how can I feel safe? Because if you mm. came from a background where there's a lot of emotional, physical violence, you're going through life with this 
expectation that things are going to fall apart at any given moment. And it's really hard to thrive when you're in survival mode. So the first step is creating the safety, internal safety and external safety, so that you little by little kind of start being like, what would it feel like to live a life that feels good to me? What would that look like? It's, it's in this safe space where we can start taking those little steps of what could my life look like. And you know, something that I also love about your book is that you make it so easy to understand. Like you don't give us any room for us to make um, excuses because you, you tackle all the possible excuses that I could possibly come up with. So like, I also enjoy reading um, the work of Abraham and Esther Hicks. Yes. But to me, honestly, it's so complex. Like it doesn't compute in my brain. And this is so easy to understand. It's like the perfect manual, you know? Oh, thank you. And like I said, it's, I, I love that this is in the cover. This is like, you go to the bookstore and this is what you see. And you see our culture, you see the colorful vibrancy. Like this is for us. That's something to be so proud of because when you walk in those aisles, you don't see women of color in the self-help. You see a few, but it, we're not a big majority of that. You've been able to help a lot of people relate to the law of attraction and manifesting. And, and but it goes deeper than that. You know, it goes deeper into, like you said, creating a safe space, healing your wounds. It goes to the roots. Being authentic. You know, when I was thinking about the book and what a book I wanted to write, I kept thinking, oh, maybe the first book will be about how to be successful at work because I had figured out how to do that, right? And then, no, maybe the first book is about relationships and how to have good relationships. And I kept coming back with, it doesn't matter what the book is about. I have to explain the law of attraction because to me, the law of attraction for me manifesting is the overarching law that will rule everything else. And unless you get those fundamentals right, Mm -hmm. things will always feel like an uphill battle. So that's why Mm -hmm. I ended up doing the book about manifesting. And thank you about the cover. I got to give props to Hay House on that one. That was all Hay House. And they did such a beautiful work. I'm obsessed with this book. It's just so beautiful. I know. It's a beautiful cover. (laughs) So once we began doing the inner work, and we start to, you know, find those little things that are going to make us feel safe. And it is a process. I'm sure you get people asking, but I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want. How do I manifest? I don't even know what I want. Should we start with something small to test the law, to, to make it, you know, to test it in our lives? Or, and I know you share so many exercises in here, but what are some things that people can start to do when they're listening to this podcast to gain clarity of like, this is what I want to move forward with. You know, and I get that question so much that I don't know what I want. Yeah. I will say 90% of the cases, they know what they want. They don't allow themselves to want it because they don't think um. it's possible for them. And it usually doesn't take more than 10 minutes for them to tell me with great detail everything they want, but they never allow themselves to want it because it feels too big and it, I feel too small. and. It feels too out of reach. So I always ask people to ask themselves these three questions. Ask yourself, who would I be if I knew I couldn't fail? Who would I be if I didn't care what other people thought? And who would I be if I knew I can figure out all of the resources I need? Experience, expertise, money, time. If I had all of that, 
who will I be? And you know, if you don't know what you want, then a great exercise is start with, usually the typical is, I just want to be happy. Okay, what does happiness look like for you? If you were to describe to me a day where you're happy, what would that look like? It, it doesn't matter, it hasn't ever happened. Because let's be honest, a lot of people have not connected with that feeling of happiness before, but just describe to me, what will it feel like? What will it look like? I always say, go as deep in details as you can before you start feeling resistance. So if thinking about a house with three bedrooms with white walls is too much, then take it a step back. How are you gonna feel in that house? Usually we can connect with the how will I feel. The details sometimes start giving us a little bit of resistance because like, oh my God, a three bedroom house in Toronto is gonna cost this much. How am I gonna pay with that? Because I only make this, I can't even, no, 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 you went too far. Take a step back because that's another thing. Let go of the details. How am I gonna get it? Where am I gonna get it? Where am I gonna get it? There are a thousand ways you can get a house. Why do we have to think that the only way I can get a house is me getting a mortgage? What if you win a lottery tomorrow? What if an uncle you don't know you have calls you and says, hey, you're going to have my house when I die. And by the way, I'm dying pretty soon. <laughs> you know, like there's so many ways we can get a house, but we don't allow ourselves to dream it because we think we're too small. We think we're not capable and we think we're not powerful enough to manifest it. But the moment we connect with that, it's easy. Yeah. We walk into life thinking that we have all the answers of how things should happen. But when you really think about it, our perspective is like this tiny. Because all we know is what's in front of us. There are so many things we don't know. And the universe knows. So if we just connect with how we want to feel, we allow the universe to come in and surprise us in so many ways. I love the ways mm -hmm. the universe surprised me. I really love the universe surprised me. This is a surprise. This conversation with you is a surprise. And then the universe will come in and it will, will bring to you all the things that you never knew you wanted, but you always needed. I've been doing, um, following the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. And I've been intensive programs and he talks a lot about how important it is to feel what you want to experience and live like what you, what your dreams have already happened because your body doesn't know any different. Yeah. And when you wake up in the morning, your body instantly, it's because the mind and the body are connected. We're instantly living in the past. Right. And I think that's one of my biggest challenges is like, um, make putting the effort. To, because I feel like this takes effort and we it does have been so conditioned though. to be. It does, but eventually yeah. you're going to get to a point where your vibration mm -hmm. is naturally high. Okay, okay. And then I, I always tell people, look, it's like a floating in a pool. You put it in the pool, it floats. You don't have to worry about it. You know, The only reason that thing doesn't flow is because you're pushing it down. So the work of the law of attraction is to start understanding all of the things that we're doing to push the floaty down so that little by little we start to remove that so that that thing will naturally be up. Eventually, everyone that does the law of attraction consistently and looks at the vibration and removes all the things that do resistance, eventually you get to a point where your vibration is naturally high. And that's when you 
notice those things. Oh, it's not feeling good. What am I doing right now that's not feeling good? At the beginning, it feels like we're pushing that floaty up. And what I t- tell people, I try to teach people is, no, your work is not to bring the floaty up. Your work is to find out what's keeping it down and remove those things. And as you do that, it's naturally high. So in that, case, oh, okay. in that case, for example, I agree with Dr. Joe Dispenza. The fastest way to be a match to what you want is to be the same vibration of the thing that you want to manifest. And the only reason you want to mm-hmm. manifest that is because you think that it's going to make you really happy. So how can you match that vibration? I will look for things that will bring me that same feeling in the now. Let's say, for example, that you want to have your own house and you picture your own house and you have no idea how you're going to pay for that house, then don't think about the mortgage. That's not matching that vibration. Instead, if you're renting a house in a room, or even if you're your parents' house in a room, how do you make that space so welcoming? How do you make that space everything that you want to feel when you have the house? You start looking for ways to replicate that feeling in the absence of what you want. That is the fastest way. But I also want to say sometimes it's not within reach, that feeling. Because you might be such a low vibration that is not within reach. In the absence Mm -hmm. of joy, which is the highest vibration, alignment feels like relief. So how can I feel a little bit better right now? So yes, Mm -hmm. and maybe I cannot, even my space, because I share it with so many people, I cannot create this beautiful feeling right now in my current space. Where can you create it then? What is it within your control to make it look, maybe you just get a plant. And every time you look at the plant, you say, that is the beginning of my future. And that plant is going to be in my living room one day. So when I'm looking at my plant, I'm having the same view that I will have when I'm sitting in my couch in front of my TV, looking in my house that I bought, looking at my plant. Find those places where your future self meets your current self. Ooh. That feels so good. Um, have you read the book, The Alchemist? Yes. Yes, I have. Well, I came across a quote just recently. Um, I read it a while back, but I came across a quote that I thought it was, I just wanted to share it with you. And he wrote, he had worked for an entire year to make that dream come true. And that dream, minute by minute, was becoming less important. Maybe because that wasn't his dream. And it just got me thinking about how sometimes I think because of social media, it's so present in our face. We see people living the highlight reel of their lives. Then we think, oh, that's what we want. You know, that's what I need to be experiencing. And it's created a lot of, you know, not so pleasant feelings, I feel. Uh, For me in the past, not so much anymore because I got clear. But manifesting from a place of alignment versus a place of unalignment, you know, because sometimes we're chasing a dream that we think, oh, we think this is what we want because we see people living this life. But what if it's not our true dream? Yeah. You know? And, and, you know, going back to that thought of the buffet, sometimes you see something in a buffet and it looks really good, especially in the dessert aisle. And you put it in your plate and you try it and you're like, oh, my God, this is not good. <laughs> then that's fine. Now, yeah. you know, don't put that dessert in your yeah. plate again. You go and try something else. Yeah. You know, when I was in in my um, career, and by the way, I had a fantastic career and I loved it, my corporate career. But there came a time where my little guy was three, four years old. I was traveling 
one week a month. And by the time I quit the corporate job, I realized that I had traveled in average one week a month for the last 11 years. I know. I was so traumatized by airports. And I was working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. I mean, 40 is normal, but I was working 50, 60 hours a week. And one day I sat with myself and I'm like, is this what I want? Because by then I was, I was being pushed to move back to the U.S. Um, I had just come back from England three years before. I was being asked to move to the U.S. And he was sitting with myself and he's like, is this the life that I want anymore? And, and I realized it wasn't. Yeah. But I wouldn't know unless I had lived it. And I knew that's not what I want. Abraham Hicks says, when mm-hmm. you know what you don't want, you know what you want. And that's okay, too. Yeah. Sometimes it takes practice to know what you want. And then I, I quit my job. And when I quit my job, I told my director, I'm killing, I'm, I'm quitting my dream job because it no longer matches my dream life. It was my dream job since the time I can remember, since I started my career. But it didn't match yeah. the dream life that I wanted. Yes. So I let it go. Yes. And it was hard. And many people were like, gee, crazy? <laughs> yes. I mean, that is very challenging to do. Yeah. Because did you feel like you had an identity as that role? Like that was your identity? I think. And how do you let that go? You know, when I was pregnant with my son and I went on mad leave, um, I was in England at the time and mad leave was a year. That was hard. Because who was I if I wasn't at work? And yes, I was a mom now, Mm -hmm. but let's be honest, being a mom at the beginning is really hard. And you kind of want to crawl back to your past life, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) So that was really hard. That was a time when I realized that I was more that. When I quit the job four years after my son was born, I had already gone through the identity crisis. And I knew I was more than my job. A lot of us go through that identity crisis at some point, I feel. You know, that's challenging. And I think um, the important thing to remember there is that we are not those things. You know, we're way beyond our job titles and all of that. And you know. I think we all eventually get, most of us eventually get there. Wayne Dyer Cole said, um, ambition to Hello. me. He says in your 20s, early 30s, we're all about ambition. How do we build? How do we get stuck? But then once you hit the 30s, 40s, you move to meaning. You go from how do I build stuff and get stuff to how do I make this meaningful for me? What is the legacy I'm going to leave behind? What role do I play in, the, in this earth? And that's where you start wondering. What advice would you give to someone who is living in survival mode and who, you know, maybe like a single mom who has um, no support from anyone. She's the only one working and, you know, providing safety and security for her family with very little money. Someone who really is in survival, survival mode and doesn't have anyone to depend on. Where would someone like her begin? It really starts on learning to skill. The first one is learning how to ground yourself, how to bring yourself in the now in your body. And I think you're doing amazing work on, on, on uh, meditation. That's a great way to do it. It's also really starting to become very familiar with your body. Um, you know, mm-hmm. feeling your feet, feeling your, your bum sitting in the chair, feeling the now. That's a great skill to start bringing yourself into a grounded state. 
once you bring yourself into a grounded state, your body's not going to feel as activated. So that's the first skill. Meditation, walks in nature, just feeling your body in the now. Whatever it is that helps you feel grounded in the now, that is what the one skill. The second skill is learning to understand that you're not your emotions and you're not your sensations. And it feels a little bit too out there, but one big exercise is just start noticing. If you start feeling anxiety or start feeling sadness or start feeling whatever you're feeling, whatever sensation, just look what that feels in your body. Let's say, for example, you feel constriction mm-hmm. in your in your yeah. chest or your throat feels tightened or you feel a lot of tension in your shoulders. Now look for the places in your body that feel comfortable or that feel strong or at least less tense. And the moment you start playing, mm. you start paying attention to those places in your body and you stay there for as long as you can, you start noticing that you have anxiety, you're not anxiety. And even then, not your whole body is in anxiety. And actually, so this mm. is called resources. That's what Peter Levine calls it. Once you start noticing those places in your body that feel strong, that feel present, that feel more comfortable, and you learn to live in those places, you start teaching your body to attune to the good places as much as it is right now attuned to the bad. I call that learning to let well-being in. Because at any given point, There's even one tiny little bit of well-being in your body, in your environment. So that's the second skill, starting to attune to the good things in your life that already exist now, whether it is in your body or whether it is in your life. Those two alone will actually help you start getting out of survival because you're living in the now and in the now you can find the places where you're resourceful, where you're strong enough. And that becomes like a platform that creates within you more capacity to deal with whatever is in front of you. The Dr. Pierre Levine calls it the window of tolerance. You start making that window of tolerance wider and wider and wider so that whatever happens around you, you can deal with it. It makes me think also about um, fear, you know, the fear we feel um, when we are manifesting our, our dream life. The fear, the action that we have to take and the fear that we feel when we're in new situations, new environments, or embodying our highest self in this new role, you know, because it's not normal. Um, I kind of want to close it off just by talking about action um, and why action is so important. It's so important. I know. Yes. Let's talk about it. You know, when I, so this is how I wrote the book, right? So first I had like um, 30 coaching sessions with Latinas. I did it for free so I could get you know, learn a lot. And I would walk them through the steps that I had. Back then, I didn't have the step of commitment. I think it was only four steps at the time. Now it's six. But back then, it was only four. And I remember talking to this one person, and she tells me this dream, and it's amazing, and it's so big, and it's so beautiful. And she was really into it. I was really into it. And then I say, so what are you doing to make it happen? She's like, pray. And I'm like, how's that working out for you? And that was the moment that I realized that when we talk about the law of attraction, we talk about energy. 
there is no bigger action in the universe than energy. And when you take action, the universe is like, you're serious. I'm helping you. This lovely saying by Joseph Campbell that says, take one step towards the gods and the gods will take 10 steps towards you. But you got to take the step. You got to take the first step. Sometimes we can get so comfortable in where we are and we feel like, okay, well, what I have here is it's cool. I'm comfortable. I like it. I'm safe. But then to take action requires a lot of courage and there's potentially going to be fear. Um, but that's where all the transformation takes place, right? Where the action. Yeah. And you know, the universe is constantly calling us forward. It's constantly. There is going to come a time when going forward feels less uncomfortable than staying where you are. The universe wants nothing more than for you to be happy and the universe wants you to expand. And he's going to help you one way or another. I always tell people, you don't have to wait for the universe to fire you from your job or find out your boyfriend is cheating on you or find out that, you know, you lost everything in cryptocurrency, you know, whatever it is, right? You don't have to wait until then. The universe is sending you so many more things ahead of time. You know, we're all going to expand. We will. It's just which way or another, right? But I really think that we, you will know when staying where you are is lower vibration than moving forward. And at that point, take mm -hmm. the step. Take the step. It will feel uncomfortable. But staying where you are is no longer an option. We're always in this space of becoming. I also like to think about it sometimes too as choosing your pain. There's pain in staying where you are and there's pain in growth. So choose your pain because you can't escape it, you know? And Resmaa Manikin, so well the person that wrote the book, My Grandmother Hands, calls it dirty pain and clean pain. Dirty pain is the one of being stuck in this feeling, in this whatever is happening. Clean pain is the pain of growth. Mm. It will be painful. But he's the one that will liberate you. He's the one that will free you. You know, I, I wanted to ask you how it was meeting Louise Hay. Because <laughs> you met her, right? Yes. And she, I love, love her. She's one of my icons. Yeah, She's I one of mine her. too. And I, you know, when I think about teachers, I, role models are so important when manifesting. Because if you cannot see mm -hmm. for yourself, sometimes you can see it in someone else. And that gives you at least a a blueprint of what might be possible for you. Yeah. And she's yeah. one of the best teachers because she explains really complex things so easy. And I yeah. love that of her. But so I was living in England at the time. I found out she was coming to London with Cheryl Richardson. And it was a weekend workshop. So two days of hearing her speak. And this was probably, I want to say, one of her last trips. And um, she just peace personified. And she's so grateful yeah. and she's so, she has very little tolerance for things that will, that will not raise her vibration. I know she's been gone. And I talked to her in the present time, but when I think about her, she's like, she's so no-nonsense. One of my favorite phrases of her is stop scaring yourself. You know, like when we're telling ourselves all these really bad scenarios, she's like, stop scaring yourself. Like, what are you doing to yourself? Mm. <laughs> you know, like, and she, she is the rain person. She's also like very non-nonsense. Like, it's like, this raises my vibration. That's what I'm going to do. Everything else, I have no time for it. I do remember that of her. She's so intentional. She's like, 
why am I going to spend time on that? That makes no sense. It doesn't contribute to my life. Yeah. Like she was very non-nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, I love that because she's so like, I feel like her essence was so like peaceful also, but also like no BS at the same time. And very, you know, grounded of what she wanted. Like towards the end of her yeah. life, she, she used to say, I listened to many interviews of her that, her name was now Louise Play because when she retired um, and passed over her company to retrace it, who was the CEO, who is the CEO still, she said, um, I'm just going to play. She had a boyfriend. She was taking dance classes. Like she was doing all of these things. Like, yeah, just really for her, her alignment was everything. And she wouldn't, yeah. this is, you know, I, I met her that weekend and from the interviews I've heard of her, like, it seems like alignment was the most important thing for her. I know. And now you have a book published under her publishing company also. So <laughs> thank you. Go on. No, I was saying talk about full circle, right? The first teacher that I met was Abraham Hicks. And when I had my first copy of my book, I opened it and I saw, you know, the Hay House logo with all the CDs is at the front of the book. And I'm like, oh my God, I went and opened Abraham's book and it was the same. And I'm like, oh my God. Wow. I know, he's like, wow. I love those full circle moments because I wonder how many times this person, the one that I am now, was calling that person that I was then in 2006 sitting in that room, taking those crazy notes. I really feel like the future you and the current you, we all live in the same plane and we're constantly interacting. And when I see those full circle moments, I know it's evidence of my future self calling me at that time forward. Um, I would love if you can just um, tell more people about you, where we can find you, your new work, which I'm really excited about, honestly because we keep so many emotions and feelings in our body. And I just, I'm really excited. And I would love to talk to you about it in the future. Also, maybe do an episode about that. Yeah, Um, But yeah. Yeah. So you can find me in all of social media. It's Sandra Hinojosa Ludwig. So I'm in Instagram, now TikTok, which I'm really enjoying. And um, I know I find it so much fun. And and yeah, usually for people that want to work with me, twice a year, I launch my Manifest Everything. It's an eight-week container. Right now, we're in this tomorrow is week seven. We start week seven. So it's it's just such a beautiful space. I didn't get it right at the beginning, from right from the very beginning. But I feel now that, you know, together, everyone that has been through this class and the universe, we co-created this place where we kind of start finding those little shifts. Yeah, so I launch it twice a year. So the next one will be in January and then not again until September. So... Um, and thank you again so much, Sandra, for taking the time for being my first guest on my podcast. I know. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. I was so excited when, when, when you yeah. know, we connected about this. And I, uh, I'm really grateful for you to yeah. share this, this work thank with you. me. <laughs> and I can't wait to see yeah. all of the things you are going to create as well. Thank you. I'm excited as well. <laughs> and again, Chica, why not? Because Chica, why not? Right? That's the vibe. Like, why not? What are you doing? Why are you thinking so small? Why not? 
I love that so much. Um, yeah, thank you, Sandra, so much. Have a blessed and beautiful day. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Thank you. And that's it for today, my beautiful, sweet souls. I hope you feel closer to being spiritually you. If you have any questions about getting further in your spiritual journey, ask me anything by sending a DM to our podcast's Instagram page at Spiritually Me Podcast on Instagram, and I might answer it in an upcoming Hola Dulce segment. Have a blessed and beautiful day.